0: This is a high-profile case. have seen this girl? Her name's Amelia. Who's in it for me? We can do this the easy way. Ow! Oh! We're currently doing it the easy way. Tess,
1: there's like whores here
0: and stuff. Sweetheart, how many times have I told you, don't say and stuff? Just say, Dad, there are whores here. Where are you going? I think this is gonna work better if we split up. Wow, that's really insensitive. Yeah. Why? I had to question the mermaids. What were you doing while I was working? Hey everybody, welcome here to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan.
2: I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin.
0: And today we're taking a look at the 2016 Shane Black film, The Nice Guys. This is a film that I had seen before, but neither Devin nor Ryan had seen. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm just going to dive right into it. Let's uh, take a look at what the IMDb has to say about this movie. Uh, in the <laughs> 1970s, Los Angeles. A mismatched pair of private eyes investigate a missing girl and mysterious death of a porn star. Uh, the film is directed by Shane Black and stars Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, and. I. Agnore Rice. I'm, hmm. I'm probably uh, butchering her name. Um. But there's a lot of people in this movie that you've probably recognized from other things that we'll talk about. Um, so I'll start off right away by saying Shane Black is one of my favorite directors. If you go back and listen to our podcast on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that Ryan and I did probably around the time this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked a lot about him then. Uh, Iron Man 3 is one of my favorite MCU movies. Uh, I just really like the sense of humor Shane Black brings to his movies, his scripts. I still haven't seen his Predator movie that he did last year or two years ago. Um, But I just, I love his style, his sense of humor, uh, the characters that he writes. I just, they're some of my favorite films, and this is right up there with them. Um, So before we get into too many details, Ryan and Devin, what did you guys think of this movie?
1: do you want to go first? I'll go first this time. I like the movie a lot. Um, it, I'm not this. I think this might be another genre that I just don't watch a lot of. It had a very kind of buddy cop feel to it, uh, and I don't watch a lot of buddy cop movies, so it was it was refreshing. Uh, and I also just really like the cast. Like, I think the cast did a really like they they really like nailed their characters like based on like who they were supposed to be. So I just had a lot of fun just watching them be what their characters are supposed to be, I think.
0: Okay. Ryan, how about you?
2: I mean, it was, uh, unlike Devin, I've seen a lot of buddy cop stuff. Um, Not a lot. Uh, More like recent ones, I don't really, like, follow. But, uh, like, the Jump Street movies, I enjoy. Um, Lethal Weapons, stuff uh, stuff like that. Uh, So it, it definitely... It was something that just the premise of that I enjoyed. I mean, I'm not sure if I'd consider the one guy a private eye, basically just a professional bully, but, you know, that fits Russell Crowe. So, I mean, (laughs) I totally, I could totally buy him as that character. So, it it worked.
0: Okay. So, you enjoyed it?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did.
0: Okay. I think this is the first time in a while I've picked something that Ryan thoroughly enjoyed. Oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think I know why. Uh, I just actually had it pop up in my Facebook memories this week. Uh our second episode or third episode was Gladiator. And that po- they um so that was one of the early movies that we did that you mm-hmm. had me watch and I remember you saying on there Russell Crowe is one of your favorite actors. Yes. What did you think of Russell Crowe in this?
2: Uh, uh just like I said before, like the, the, the character he played fit him besides the joke of him being a professional bully. I mean he could definitely come across like that, but uh just uh I I like Ryan Gosling's sense of humor. I like his timing. Yeah. And so it was good to have Russell Crowe working off of him because these are two people I never thought I'd ever see in a movie together, to be honest. Um so I mean it was uh it was good to see him in something where he's not wearing a loincloth. Pretty much.
0: <laughs> cool. I mean, uh, Ryan, or Dev, Devin, who stuck out stood out to you more? Who do, whose performance did you enjoy more, Russell Crowe's or Ryan Gosling? I like. You know, it, I was thinking about it halfway through the movie. I'm not
1: entirely sure either one of them were acting at all for this movie. This is just who I picture them <laughs> being outside of the movie. And if Russell Crowe is that, then that's exactly who I pictured him. And if Ryan Gosling is that. I think. As far as like on screen like fun, I I'm with Ryan. I like Ryan Gosling's timing a lot in a lot of these scenes. Um, it's just like like the, one of the first shots of him, just like the hard cut to him like shaving in his car, like just stuff like that. I just really enjoyed. So I think I think definitely him, yeah, him him of most people.
2: Because yeah, I, I I think Russell Crowe's character was playing more of the stray cop, and Ryan mm. Gosling was more of like the goofy character and it, and and I think that's why uh, and I and I think that's why for me the Russell Crowe character fit because I can't see him playing like the goofball. I can't. So,
0: okay. So, I have a confession to make about this movie. Okay. I I wanted to see this in theaters, but I did not. Oh. I w- had to wait until it came out on DVD because of work, I think. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. This is a weird time when I was working two jobs, one in retail, one doing news broadcasts in, in the morning, so it just didn't work out that I got to see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. But I avoided any trailers for this until like until right before this recording. Like I saw no trailers for this at all. All I knew it was Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling directed and written by Shane Black. Yeah, and that's all I needed to know about this movie for me to be on board. So, watching the trailers before this, I'm so glad I did that because a lot of the best jokes in this movie are given away in the trailers. And not even just the jokes. A lot of the beats and things that happen are are spoiled. So,
2: Well, here's the thing, though. Are those the trailers that were released before the movie came out? Mm-hmm. Or are those yeah. after-release trailers? Because it's been four They're, years.
0: Or three no, years. No, it, it's, it's trailers that come out. Most of the time... Whoa! You okay, Devin? Okay. Okay. Uh, the only time you really get trailers after the movie comes out is when they're pushing pushing the home release. And all the trailers I watched were for uh, the Nice Guys in theaters May twenty sixth or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, they gave away a lot of the. Uh, they made it seem like the mob was trying to come to LA in the trailers, like just trying to cover the whole. Yeah, this is about the auto industry and a porno. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it was a, that was like a r- weird red herring. They made it look like Kim Basinger had a bigger part in this than she did. Hmm. Um, but there were moments like them disposing of the body that just play really well in the trailer. But I think play better in the movie if you don't know that's coming. Yeah. Uh, and I learned something about that body that we'll get to later. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, good. I can't wait. Um, so, Devin, what was your favorite moment of the film was there anything that stood out to you joke wise moment wise
1: I mean there's a couple and and a couple for a lot of a couple for a couple different reasons I think one of my favorite bits was the cold coffee bit where like she picked it up and she threw the coffee on him and it's always hot in every movie it's hot and then she goes (laughs) why did you throw cold coffee on me and then trips and falls anyway like I thought that was so good but then, if we're talking about just strictly story beat that I thought was impressive, was or not impressive, but I thought like that actually kind of like made me go whoa. Was um, what's her name Amelia? Mm-hmm. When they when they shot Amelia, like, and it was the least like dramatic, most nonchalant, like just oh, it's you, boom, done, and then drive away, and like that okay. that made me like stop for a second, go whoa,
2: yeah,
0: yeah that. <laughs> That's one of those moments that it takes the – it takes the expectations of this is the main girl. She's not going to die running away. But then you're like, oh my god, she's stupid. Why is she running away? And then she just dies. Right. Like you have this giant fight and it just ends after he drives off. Yeah. With a bang.
1: And it all like ended just so unceremoniously and I was like, wow, okay, neat. I mean not neat but like different.
0: Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ryan, how about you? Uh,
2: the two that come to mind, because uh, there are several, but th- the two that come to mind is one, the one that Devin just talked about, the one with uh, uh, the main girl getting killed. Mm-hmm. And okay. I absolutely love that. In fact, when it happened, I remember, if I remember correctly, I said out loud, that's what you get for running away. <laughs> because she should have stayed. Like, uh, um, so there's that. And two, honestly, when they went to the party, because that whole setup of like Ryan Gosling getting absolutely plastered and chasing after every single woman he saw to, to ask her about the girl. And then Russell Crowe actually being intelligent, and just walking around, not drinking anything and just trying to like find out what's going on. Like to me, that was the perfect example of, of like the straight man versus the goofy guy and that whole thing. And I'm talking from when they pull up to finding his daughter at the trunk to when, after they throw the body over the fence, like that whole entire sequence was great.
0: Okay. (laughs) What's great about that sequence is it pays off even later in the film when you see Ryan Gosling at the bar and then they take him to the roof with his daughter Yeah, and he's playing that he's drunk And he has um, Keith David and his daughter convinced that he's drunk. And then he's like, duck. And he just like shoots (laughs) the guy. And and then they both fall off the building. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, This movie. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: The one thing, though, I do have to say is that even though I really enjoyed both Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe in this, the actress who plays uh, the daughter, Heather. Mm Mm-hmm to me, stole the movie. Oh, yeah.
0: She has one of my favorite lines in this movie. One of my favorite recurring bits is the and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah there, there are whores
0: and stuff here. Honey, don't don't say in stuff. Just say there were whores here. <laughs> and then he does that That's,
2: again when she tells when she says that I hate you. He goes, well, at least you didn't say in stuff or something along those lines. Yeah. Like he makes that reference again.
0: That's one of those jokes that we make in my house a lot because there's a pizza place up the street called pizza and stuff. <laughs> I say, hey, do you want to get pizza and stuff? And my wife will be like, yeah, but don't say in stuff. Just say you want to get pizza.
2: <laughs> I like that.
0: I remember we watched this movie when we were at my aunt and uncle's house uh, for a visit. And that scene was the scene. The party scene was on. So they get out of the car. And it's like there are whores and stuff. And he's like, don't say in stuff. Just say there are whores. <laughs> and my aunt and uncle are like, what is this movie? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. But it's also enjoyable. So, Yeah. And then they walk past the Pinocchio character.
2: That was funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite moment of the whole party scene is the, uh, well, well, I was in the pool. Why were you in the pool? I had to interview the mermaids. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) So the bit of trivia about the party scene that I learned uh, doing prep for the show is who played the dead body, which I did not know. Who plays the dead body? Um, Uh Robert Downey Jr. is the dead body. What? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Which I'm not which I'm not surprised because they did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man Three together. So he so, was able to step away from the, the Marvel franchise for a day and go put on some bloody makeup.
2: Uh is this the last thing that he did with Shane Black so far?
0: So far, yes. Do you think as far maybe as I know?
2: Do you think maybe that that role symbolizes that they're not going to do a movie again with each other? Well, I no. hope not. Okay, I don't here's, think so. Here's the thing: obviously, probably not, but I think would be really cool if that was the case, because then it's really like some uh, 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 what's the word symbolic? Some yes, s- symbolic. And there's a and there's an underneath like meaning to him being the corpse. In, I always like stuff like in that in the film.
0: I I don't think, having seen a lot of Shane Black's work, I don't think he there's that much of a meaning meaning to it. Um, I think it's just hey, you're in Atlanta filming Captain America: Civil War. I'm in Atlanta filming the nice guys. Want to come play? <laughs> like, I feel like it. I feel like it's just that. Yeah. Um, but I think I I have read before that this movie was was almost a sequel to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And you can almost see it with, like, Russell Crowe's character, kind of... You can easily switch out uh, Val Kilmer for him and Robert Downey Jr. for Ryan Gosling. You oh, change I mean, a little bit of the backstories a little bit and place it in the 70s, but...
2: That would have been amazing. I'm trying to think of um, how that would have played out. I, I mean, I
1: think it would have been cool. I just haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang long enough to be like, yeah, great idea.
0: I mean, I don't think it was ever going to actually be that. I think just early on he was like I want to do another one of these film noir type murder mysteries in Hollywood about girls being mis- mistaken for somebody else. Yeah. Cuz a lot of the beats of this movie are pretty much the same as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Girl dies in a um and then she like somebody else is mistaken to be her and like mistaken identity with a dead girl it, it's kind of bizarre that how closely intertwined they are. Uh, I like to believe that they're in the same universe. Oh, that so. totally makes sense.
2: <laughs> oh, to- yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, I like the take on L.A. Else. in the movie a lot. I, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. That whole background was great. Oh, it was. The whole, like... Especially for the late 70s. Yeah.
0: Like,
1: I that mean, was perfect. The whole, like... I mean, it opens on a shot of the Hollywood sign being tagged and ruined. Like... And it's like, okay, like here's here's where we're at. And like the smog outside of L.A. being, I mean, a thousand times worse than it is now because we've all made the air better. But I mean, at least two times worse than it currently is or it is at its worst. And like I like that. And like it was just funny because like some of the places they went, I'm like, oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. And like I kind of like knew like the layout of some of the places that they were. And I'm like, oh, if you make a left on that street, that's not where it goes. And like that part was fun.
0: Yeah, I'll, I feel like a lot of what you saw of L.A. in this movie was just establishing shots because they did film it in Atlanta.
1: So. Yeah, there's some establishing shots. And then they had a couple of shots by Burbank Airport, like when they were like, we will to Burbank. I was like, oh, that's kind of Burbank. Got it.
0: Um. So what did you guys think of the opening of the film? Did you recognize the kid? Or did he leave you confused like he did last year at the end of Endgame? Who's in? I him?
2: recognized the kid.
0: The kid, the kid looking at the Playboy at the beginning of the film is the kid from Iron Man 3 and the one who showed up at Tony Stark's funeral and the internet I was like, who the hell is this kid? Oh. Uh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. You can go year by year and just look at different films he was in yeah. and like just see him go through puberty at different stages. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> It's like was he the same Iron one Man th-
2: from Jurassic World?
0: Yes. So it's like Iron Man three, Jurassic World, the nice guys, and then Endgame.
1: This kid has been oh. in some gigantic movies. Good for him.
0: Yeah, I mean he he worked with Shane Black, and I think they got got along. Um Valkamer's not in this movie, but um, his son is. His son plays Chet. Oh, that kid. I think is one of the guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the project, project, projectionist, right? Yeah.
1: I So um, I really – some of my favorite characters in this movie were like the the secondary, like her friends kind of characters. Like I really like Chet and I really liked uh, the kid that rode up on the bike. And I was like, yeah, they want to be in the uh, movie. T- his <laughs> character
0: name is Kid on Bike. Kid on, yeah, Kid on Bike. I, so I had that I name. got a
1: giant dick. You want to see it? 20 bucks. It's like, no, stop it. <laughs> Um, I have uh, Amazon X-Ray or I, I watch it on Amazon and it has an X-Ray feature when you pause it. And I loved some of the character names in this because literally it's just like kid on bike. And um, the one guy that falls off the building with Ryan Gosling, he's just in there as old man. <laughs> I'm like, you could have given him a name?
0: Old guy. Old yeah. guy. Yeah. See, whenever I see him, I'm just like, oh, that's Keith David. What okay? So I know where
1: I know Keith David from. Where do you guys know Keith David from?
0: Uh, too many things. Oh, okay. Um, the thing, I know him from that.
1: Oh, right, he was in that.
0: because um, we did that for the show, and he, he was him and Russell Crowe were like the one that stood out to me. He was in. He was the arbiter in Halo Five. Yeah, he was. He was. was he the arbiter in Halo Two? I thought they changed
1: voice actors for him. I could be wrong, though.
0: What year was what year was Halo Two? Thirteen.
1: No, that's too old. It had to be two thousand three. No.
2: See, he's not
0: showing up for that.
2: See, I know him from Pitch Black, Chronicles of Riddick, and and um, Armageddon.
0: Okay. Who is he in Armageddon because I remember him I remember him being in that isn't he like a NASA guy or something yeah government
2: I know he's in it I just can't remember like his character I, I just can't remember his character's name but I do remember him from it general uh he's a general
0: okay
1: I just know him from Princess on a Frog like the second he started talking, I'm like, "Oh, it's that guy!
0: It's the bad one."
2: Yeah. Only occasionally do I pick up on voice uh, when it comes to actors and voices.
0: Mm. No, he has been the Arbiter since Halo Two. Oh wow, good for him. I I have only I haven't played Halo Two in years though. Um, I I really wish I had an Xbox One to play Halo Five. That would be cool. Like just just for the story, but. Um, it'll come on PC eventually, right?
1: And you just get it there.
0: Like they, it, it took ten years for me to get Reach on my PC, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get Halo Five in another fifteen. Yeah, it'll come around. Um, okay. Um, so one of my favorite things, one one thing that one staple of a Shane Black movie that this movie gets away from is the time period in which it takes place a lot of Shane Black movies take place around Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang mm. does this, Iron Man 3 does this, Lethal Weapon does this famously. This one stays away from it and I was really happy to see that 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 stinger at the end with them in the bar at Christmas. He pulls up the Christmas music playing. Um Is there Stepping Away from Shane Black? Is there any staples of a director that you guys like that you can see in a film that just makes you think okay this is what this is one thing that I love about the this person's movies
1: no that's a really good question so I'm gonna go ahead and I have a cop-out answer for it and then I have a real answer for it my cop-out answer for it is uh, Kevin Smith just throwing all of his friends in all of his movies Like, I do like that. But also, more realistically, I like, um, who's the one that did the, that did Logan Lucky? Who am I talking about? Sodenberg. Sodenberg. Steven Sodenberg. I like his editing
2: style and I think that's really easy to pick out. Okay. Yeah.
0: Ryan, you got anything?
2: I'm going to ask you guys a question first. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to relate the question you just asked me to this question to you guys to understand how lost I am on this. Good. Here we go. Okay. So Tony La Russa was, was a long-term manager for for, for for the St. Louis Cardinals. One of his strategies was that he always had the batter hit eighth instead of ninth in case that would happen in the batting order. So relaying to that, Allen and Devin, who's your favorite baseball manager? And for what theory for the batting order for it, you know, like th- that idea, that's how lost I am with the whole director question, because okay. I, I, because I mean, I've said it before that when it comes to directors, like, I don't really like,
0: you okay. have to well, tell me sometimes. It doesn't, even, sometimes. Have to be, it doesn't <laughs> even have to be directors, like even just a film series or an actor, like nuances that they do like russell Crowe. like is there anything in the russell Crowe performance in here that you see in every russell Crowe performance okay, like okay, okay, okay. They're,
2: they're- actors much easier for me to are much easier for me to do uh, You're welcome. Rus- uh R- russell Crowe and denzel washington it's because their intensity because whenever mm. they get mad they have a certain way of getting mad and i really like that because it's an because it's intent and they do a good job of of looking thoughtful more Denzel Washington than Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is more like angry punch and then thinking about the consequences of it and why. <laughs> Denzel Washington gets mad, thinks and then doesn't. <laughs> but yeah. What,
0: one thing I really like about Russell Crowe's performance in this is like he come he comes off as an asshole. But he also has a heart of gold. Like you can tell that he wants to impress Ryan Gosling's daughter. Like he he wants to be on her good side. Like when she says you you didn't you wouldn't kill you didn't kill that guy, right? Because you're better than that. Like you can tell it's just eating him away that he killed that guy. Um and I really like I really like their dynamic in this. Um not as much as I like her dynamic with Ryan Gosling, but I really (laughs) like I really like her dynamic with Russell Crowe.
1: I mean, I think
0: with Ryan, Especially, I think she's just a great character.
2: Yeah. Especially when Russell Crowe, he turns at the hitman and goes, your life was just saved by uh, – you were just saved uh, – a 13-year-old girl just saved your life. Yeah. Like, I, okay. I I absolutely love that line.
0: And now I know why I recognized her. I was like, I've seen her in something else and I can't place it. Yeah, She plays Betty Brant in Spider-Man Far From Home and Homecoming. The uh, okay, so Ryan, remember in Far From Home, Peter Parker's best friend has a girlfriend in yes. Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her.
2: Oh, cool. Okay.
0: Huh. I'm trying to look and see what else she was in. She was in the Beguiled, um, and some other stuff that I don't recognize at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so I really enjoyed her in this. Yeah. Um, a lot of small parts for other actors that you've seen in other things. Uh, just going down the the credits on IMDb, Matt Bomber. Did you yeah. guys recognize him at all from Yeah. Anything? He's from Suits, right? He was on White Collar.
1: Oh, they're like the same show to me. I don't know the difference.
0: Yeah, It was a USA show with people wearing suits. Right. Like that's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> uh, he's oh. also on Doom Patrol. He plays... Ooh. Oh, who the hell? Did, what's the character's name? I don't want to say it's the Invisible Man. Um, Negative Man on Doom Patrol. Oh, is, is that a bad guy? But he, No, he's one. He's part of the team of Doom Patrol. Oh, He's got kind of the same deal Brendan Fraser got where it's like, okay, you're going to be this character when this character isn't in their costume. And you're going to be the voice of this character the whole time because you're too expensive to hire to do all of this stuff. <laughs> but we'll have you do the important things. <laughs> Um, and then he was also on, he was also on Magic Mike. Um, he was on an episode of Glee.
2: Oh, the only thing that I would possibly almost know him from is, uh, flight plan, which I think I saw once okay. and, and, and I almost watched in time. again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're better off not watching it. Do we, Don't waste your time on In Time. How do you almost That's watch one, something?
2: Well, because it reminded me of an older sci-fi movie that was made in the 90s with... Uh, oh, I feel bad for getting his name. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Keanu? Uh, yeah. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in it, and he has like a computer in the back of his head that he like puts a plug into. But I forget the name of the movie. It was made in like the early, it was made in like the mid or like late nineties. But in time, kind of reminded me of it, so I was like, okay. "Oh, I'll watch this," and I never got around to it.
0: Oh, you're better off. It has some interesting ideas. I don't think it was executed well. No, oh, that's a shame. Then again, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in years, so I could be wrong. Uh, and then going down the list, Margaret Quayley – who we just saw in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Remind uh, me, the girl who played Amelia. She's oh, the okay. one who was flirting with Brad Pitt throughout. Yeah, Once Upon a Time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and then other big names: Kim Basinger. It's pretty much it. Yeah. I think.
2: Well, she's um, good at playing a uh, a uh, a radical, a conspiracy theorist.
0: Yeah, and that's the weird thing about the trailers. Like, it makes her come across as, like, the chief of police and, like, the mobs trying to come to L.A. And, like, I saw one trailer. She's like, I work for the the district, like, the attorney general or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, it was weird. Like, they kind of... Marketing for movies is weird. And I, I really don't like how this movie was marketed now that I went back and watched all of the trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think... I really I'm really glad that I skipped the trailers on this one. And there there are certain movies that I will do that for. I'll maybe watch like the first teaser trailer for something, mm-hmm. but then I'll just at a certain point I would just stop. Like if Black Widow was still coming out next month, mm-hmm. I would I would be on lockdown right now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but but it's not, and I still haven't seen the latest trailer that they released for that. And I won't watch anything after this.
1: Well, I comedy trailers just bug me in general for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I think my biggest pet peeve about comedy trailers isn't like the the old trope, like they gave away the best jokes in the in the trailer, because like, I mean, if that's what you got to do for your comedy to sell it, that's what you got to do. Like, what I don't like is when they make the tone of the movie seem different than the tone of the movie is. And probably my biggest like culprit of this is if you've ever seen the movie *Hail Caesar*, uh, it's a Coen Brothers movie. Um, the the like the trailers of it make it seem like it's this like joke a minute comedy that like all of these huge name actors are in it. Scarlett Johansson's a main character, all of these like big, like I think Josh Gad is this huge character when in actuality, it's kind of a slow burn of a movie with very few jokes peppered in it. And like Scarlett Johansson, Josh Gad and all these big names that you got excited for in the trailer are in it for like five minutes.
0: Yeah, one one thing I will say about the trailers for this is it gives away some of the fav- my favorite gags of this movie that are better off when you are surprised by them, like them throwing the body over the fence yeah. is in the trailer and it landing on the table down oh, below. Oh no. <laughs> Like, why would you put that in the trailer? Um, but other moments that I love, like the uh, don't say in horrors, don't say horrors and stuff, just say and. There Are whores here, yeah? Um, like that's in the trailer, too. So that's that's at the top of the episode. Like, we already heard that in this episode, uh, because I, I pull in that clip at least, <laughs> uh, Um, but yeah, like, like I don't think that moment hits as well if you're if you've already seen the trailer in front of everything that you've already seen that that year, yeah. And then you go to see the movies, like, okay, yeah, I remember that from the trailer.
1: I, yeah, I completely agree. So,
0: Ryan, what's your take on movie trailers?
2: Oh, I kind of just take them for what they are. And I already, for the past, Seven years, I'd say. Every time I see a trailer for a new movie, I automatically assume that the movie is not like the trailer because they're just advertising it. Yeah. And they're trying to get it out there. Um, there are a few occasions, though, when I'll see a trailer and start to make up my mind on a movie. Case in point, the last Hellboy movie, because I think that was the last time I ever like went off to you guys about a trailer yeah. to a movie. Because typically I don't do that because like the trailer just lets you know, hey, these are some of the scenes. This is who's in it. We think this is funny. So we'll we'll share that to you. Um, But then there's a few times where they show enough of a scene or they show enough of a movie in a trailer where you can get a feel for it. Um, And it it sounds like for this one, they didn't do that. But there are just some times that I'll see a trailer. I'm just like, no. And I did that with The Last Hellboy. And I tried watching it. And it was exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> so,
0: I I know there's been movies where trailers have shown like if you put together all of the trailers, teaser trailers, and clips that they release for a movie, you get like half an hour's worth of the movie's material. Yeah, yeah. which is just way too much. Um, I I I'm curious to hear what you guys think of this. What's your take on trailers? Uh, like watching them online like do you watch trailers on your phone more or just in theaters when movie theaters are a thing
1: (laughs) Uh, for me it's theaters 100 percent. i don't watch them on phones too much because i don't actively seek out trailers ever like if somebody like if like and when end games trailer dropped i was watching end games trailer on a computer the second it dropped um but like more more often than not i just consume trailers while i'm at the movies
0: you, and you go to the movies a lot I more do. often. Man. I miss it. Oh. Well, it, we'll, we'll have to talk about AMC then. Oh, don't. Ryan, how about you?
2: Uh, for me, it's on my phone. Okay. Because, I mean, I, I, I've I got so – I've got a ton of the studios liked on Facebook mm. And so, like, trailers will show up in my feed occasionally. And if it's something that I'm interested in, I'll watch. And Kristen also is constantly looking at movie trailers on Amazon and on Netflix. Mm. So, so whenever she comes across something she finds interesting, she shows it to me. So mainly on the phone.
0: Okay. Yeah, I. if it's something that I have absolutely no interest in seeing, I'll watch it on my phone. Yeah. I'll even watch like the cropped version they make for Facebook where you can't even see the whole picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but if it's like, if I know that like the Inter- the Eternals trailer was going to be in front of black widow, if that movie was still coming out at the right time, I probably wouldn't seek it out online. I would wait until I'm in the theater to see it. Cause I know it's a Disney movie. It's going to be in front of that. Right. I'll watch it then. Um, so I, I'm picky like that. If I can see it in theaters, I will. Mm. Um, but I'd rather just watch it there than. On my phone. Um, and if, I, if I'm gonna watch it, if I'm gonna watch it on a setup, I'm gonna make sure I have a good setup, like headphones on, biggest screen possible. Yeah. Like I'm gonna do the trailer justice. To do it right. So.
1: I'm gonna be yeah, honest. See, I don't know how anybody in the old days ever watched trailer movies because of the trailers. Like, have you guys ever seen the Back to the Future movie trailer? Like the original one.
0: It's been a while.
1: All it is is Michael J. Fox pulls up, rolls down the window of the DeLorean Laurie- and goes, "How fast am I going? 85, 1985, 1985, and that's all anyone saw of that movie, and then they went to see it.
2: That's because trailers were different and people expected different things from trailers, okay. and your millennials coming out, and your millennials. Oh, <laughs> okay. oh, Here, here's the
0: thing with Back <laughs> to the Future. Um, Michael J. Fox was such a well-known household name from family ties. So just having him Pull up in a DeLorean and say, like, oh, my God, Michael J. Fox has a movie coming out? Let's go see that.
1: It's weird, but I have never watched even a second of Family Ties. So, like, I don't I don't know that.
0: In a world without a, – in a world. <laughs> in a world without social media and streaming services and cable because where you have, like, pretty much three networks, m- mostly nationwide, you have Family Ties on one, once a week. Everyone's going to probably be watching Family Ties. right? So everyone knew who Michael J. Fox was. And Universal went through so much to just get him in that movie that, yeah, they're going to use him to market the movie because he's what sells that in 1985. Like People didn't know what that movie was until they saw it. It's a good point. If Stranger Things 3 taught us anything, it's that.
2: (laughs) Did you ever see the original trailer for Star Wars? It's horrible. Oh, God.
0: Oh, it's so bad.
2: That trailers were what I mean, trailers were just very simple. They were very basic. Um, There really wasn't that much money being put into it because it was, you know, people read the newspaper and they would see a review or they would see what, you know, what genre the movie was in. And if they were interested, they went to go see it.
0: My, fav- my favorite part of the Star Wars trailer is that the opening monologue's like, somewhere deep in space, this could all be happening right now. <laughs> and, then the mo- and then the movie opens with, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away.
1: <laughs> so no, no, it's not happening now.
0: I think I think a lot of times with trailers, it's just the marketing departments <laughs> for these studios just not knowing what they're pushing. And especially back then, like they no one knew what Star Wars was going to be. So, Alan, we've
1: all seen the holiday. We know how trailer cutting works.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> I forgot I
0: made you watch that. Um, I, the we've pretty much just turned into like a conversation about movie marketing. Yeah, we have. I don't. I don't know if there's much else we can say about the nice I, guys because
1: it's. I did have a question for you guys about the nice guys. Yes, was there a bit that that didn't land for you guys? Because there was one bit that happened a couple times. That every time they did it, I know it's supposed to be funny, but for some reason it just would not land with me. Uh, and and I'll start. It was the bit where Russell Crowe's fighting someone and they shoot someone else. They shot the neighbor and then they shot the tree guy, and like for some reason, like that that bit just did not land for me.
0: Uh Ryan, you got? Do you have one?
2: First off, I love that bit. I thought that was hysterical, <laughs> but I didn't laugh at the first one. I laughed at the tree one. And then I realized about, about the neighbor being shot across the street. <laughs> um, um, but I can't really think of a bit. I mean, I found almost everything humorous. If like, if I didn't find it outright funny, I was mm-hmm. like, ah, okay. That's interesting that, <laughs> you know, like th- that's humorous. Um, I have to say that the only part of the movie that just fell flat for me, period, was the whole thing with the tattoo on his hand of it saying like, or like the the thing that he wrote between his pointer finger and his thumb about like, uh, uh, you'll never be happy, happiness. Yeah. Yeah. And then like it was rubbed off at one point when he was like, you know, lifting up the whatever he was holding. And the first thing I thought was, oh, he's dead was that like he's going to get this one <laughs> second of pure happiness and then boom, he, 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 he's going to be hit by a car or something. So, I mean, that's the one thing that kind of fell flat for me. Uh,
0: the, the one bit that I don't think, it, I don't know if this is like cheating the question at all. The one bit that I just don't, didn't appreciate at all. And this calls back to marriage story is when he breaks the glass and like his arm just starts bleeding. He's like, Oh, that's a lot of blood. Like I, I, like I can't do that. Like that scene, just, I was like, no, no.
2: (laughs) To me, that was hysterical because I mean, I I like the joke. He spends 10 seconds trying to make sure that the towel is wrapped around his fist correctly to pop the to pop the glass. And he ends up slicing his wrist on it. Instead. I love and you could hear like I the, love the gushing and like the yeah. and like the gookie noise coming out of his vein.
0: I love the joke. It's just the graphic blood. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Me and my old age. I just can't handle it. <laughs> I just like I love that joke. Like it, it's a solid bit, but I just I can't do it.
2: It was missing. Uh, I do have a
0: question. Sorry, I do. I do have a question for you guys about a bit. Uh Um, What did you think of the dream sequence? (laughs) I had to rewind it. I didn't like. I must have like looked away for a second,
1: and
2: then there was a bee in the car, and I went, "What happened?" (laughs) I figured that one of them was stoned. Like that's what I thought. Well, not stoned, but. Like somebody had given them like LSD at some point and they didn't realize it. Like, that's seriously what I was thinking. But, but the conversation the bee was having about how, oh, yeah, no, we all ride in cars because we can't breathe. Going back to the whole like the birds can't breathe thing like that, yeah. that, that was just a great tie in, especially with having like a human sized bumblebee in the back seat That was hysterical. <laughs> and the fact that it looked like a bumblebee, like it wasn't like a human bumblebee. It was a legit human sized bumblebee bumblebee
0: (laughs) that's the most obscure thing that i've ever seen in a shane black movie and i want more of it and everything that he does in the future i'm down and and my favorite part of that is later on it comes back because he like dives for russell crowe's ankle gun he's like you have an ankle gun like (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) no i don't It's like, oh shit did i dream that like It's that kind of thing, like, that kind of sense of humor is what I love about Shane Black movies, because you don't see that often. Like, it's, that, that's, that just hits home for me.
2: I really, I was really hoping that he was just grabbing at the wrong angle. Like, Russell Crowe was going to play it off that like, no, man, that was a dream because he was like, dude, why are you doing this? Like, let me use it like you're you're a moron. And then like her like turned to look back at Heather and then he takes it out of his like ankle real quick on the other leg that, you know, that like Ryan Gosling was grabbing at the wrong ankle. That's yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen.
0: It. Well, he grabs at both.
2: Yeah. I didn't realize that he grabbed it both. I was just seeing him go for the one that was closest to him. <laughs> oh. So I
1: want to know something, Alan, I think you'll be able to answer this question yes. more than anyone else. How ironic is the end of this movie or how ironic is the end of the movie supposed to be? Because they meet um, Kim Bassinger again, like just as she's about to go to jail and she's like, look, man, you can't beat Detroit. And I'm like, Give it a couple of years. You'll be fine.
0: I I don't know. I mean, I feel like it.
1: Or is that just like firmly rooted did, in the time period? Like in the 70s, you just can't beat Detroit. Like and that's that's what it is. I,
0: I think it I think it has to do with the time period because a lot of like they're dealing a lot with like the pollution from the cars in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just is making it maybe a statement about corporate America and at the time. Sure. Like because you have all of these big. Like, look at Detroit in the 70s. Like, it was the hub of car manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was and us. I feel like... Sorry. No, <laughs> I feel like there was, like, some mafia-esque type things going on that they d- probably did have some guys who maybe weren't hitmen, but would definitely go rough off people to get what they wanted. Sure. And yeah. it's a good thing that stuff like that doesn't happen anymore.
1: No, never. Never wink. happens anymore. Wink, wink. Wink <laughs> wink.
2: no. Uh, but during the late seventies, because this was set, what in seventy seven, I believe the mm-hmm. it yeah. said, that was actually during the time too that Detroit was on its way down, because that's oh. back when like Ford and Chevy and Chrysler started putting out crap, like literal crap, like vehicles from the seventies and eighties fell apart so quickly. Oh wow! And. And the big three got lazy because they did used to put out really good products. And then their sales were just constant. And they were like, look, we can just sell whatever and save money on parts and people will buy it. And they did. And during the late seventies was, was the start of the downfall of the American automakers of like their, of what their names meant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for this, to be happening this movie and this storyline to be happening during the late seventies is perfect because at that time, people still saw Detroit as like the Mecca for cars. But then Ryan Gosling says in five years, we'll all be driving, you know, electric cars from Japan. He really, he really wasn't that far off except for the electric part, because by the mid seventies, Toyota, Honda and Datsun was starting to get a really good footprint in this, uh, 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 in this country, mm-hmm. when w- 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 it came to sales, I also love the fact that they made Detroit and the catalytic converter and all of this to be part of the focal point because Nixon right uh, is right before this time period, which we'll get to that part <laughs> of, of you know the movie because that was hysterical. Yeah. Um, Nixon created the EPA if I'm correct, uh, if my memory holds up. Uh EPA! EPA! Exactly. And um, when it came to the EPA putting standards on cars, they uh, they went with the state that had the strictest uh, environmental laws at the time Mm -hmm. for cars, which was California. Oh. So I love the fact that this, uh, is that they put this story in California in the late 70s, because all of this was actually happening. And the fact that they brought up Nixon in this movie makes me think that Shane Black is trying to push, be like, look, we dealt with this already, and we, you know, started walking in the right direction. We just need to keep on going. Like, people thought that it was going to destroy the auto industry to put all these, you know, like, things in place, and it didn't. So, yeah so that to me is what he was trying to say. Now the whole gag with people seeing Richard Nixon before you die. <laughs> I would hate that. I would absolutely hate that. If Richard Nixon was the angel to come down to take you to wherever you go.
0: And <laughs> I love like the story with Russell Crowe telling the Richard Nixon story is so out there and you're like what is the point of this until ryan gossing falls off the roof and lands in the pool and then just sees richard nixon swimming uh and then after that like ryan gossing's like i think i'm invisible i don't think i can die <laughs> yeah. like, like if that if you think richard nixon is the angel of death and you see him like and you're still alive then yeah you're gonna think you're, you're invincible, like. I just love how that pays off. Like, again, that that's Shane Black. Like, that's setting up something that is so spot on for a bit later on. And it's just – I just love the way it's done and it's handled. Because it's not on screen for too long. It's just like a two-second shot of Nixon swimming <laughs> in the water. And that's all you need. It's it, enough. enough. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so the whole thing with Nixon and the EPA – and uh and the bits that i was talking about is seriously all of all of the real like stuff i have to say about the movie (laughs) because i mean overall i enjoyed it it was just when they brought up the whole like uh thing with the cars in los angeles Mm -hmm. i was like oh hang on a second i know this (laughs) and yeah so it was cool to see that well
1: see this is why i like talking to you guys because i didn't know Really about any of that? I mean, I knew epo was a thing. I know Nixon is a pre- or was a president. Like that's about all I got. And like I know that LA is stereotypically smoggy. And like I didn't know that it was like a real thing. And that like this had like many historical ties. Like I think at one point I was like Nixon probably is president right now. But like that was like that's about as deep as my historical knowledge went. So like this is cool. Like because this is a whole other side of the movie I had no idea about.
2: Yeah, and it, it was just really cool to see in a comedy like this for them to pull that kind of a serious tone mm-hmm. for the actual story itself with it, real historical context and that's what I really liked about it.
0: And what's great about it is even the, though you don't get into like the nitty-gritty of it, like it just puts it in in context enough that you understand what's going on and why it's happening uh-huh. and who the bad guys are once you know who the bad guys are you understand the motive behind everything that's happened by the end of this like even though you don't know the whole history of the Kaleidic <clears throat> converter and Detroit and Nixon and the EPA like all of that like it doesn't it plays into it but you don't need to know it all to understand like these guys are figuring it out as they go yeah so you're you're finding out along with them and afterwards you can look up what what really happened and the, the background and all of this, and it, I think it it just makes the film even better.
2: It does, yeah, it does, and uh, and that's the best part about it because even people back then living in Los Angeles, exactly like these two, would have had the same thought. Like they wouldn't have even thought about it. They're like, oh, look, it's a lot of cars. There's you know, there's pollution. So what? This is just the way life is, and people still see it to this day. But then there's others behind the scenes who're like, no, we we really need to fix this. Yeah, and yeah. then. It, it really shows the contrast again to uh, to one of my favorite lines in this is is where they come across the protesters yes. and they're all laying on the uh, uh, and they're all laying dead, quote unquote, air quotes dead. And Russell Crowe looks at him and goes, "The gas masks didn't help." And the guy <laughs> just looks at the mask and looks at him. But I mean, besides that joke, it shows that I mean. People back then knew how bad this uh, – knew how bad the situation was. The majority of people didn't care because they were dealing with their own lives, which is exactly what's happening now. And it takes people who are seen to be nuts and radicals to actually make the change that's needed or you know, to get the, the whole thing out there because what – it took both of – it took both of Ryan Gosling's and uh, and Russell Crowe's characters what half the movie to actually realize. Oh yeah, no, the birds can't breathe, because at first they were making fun of them, mm-hmm. and then towards the end of the movie they were all on board for it because, hey, it's true. You know they can't, and that's yeah. where you know it ties into that bee joke in the back of the car about oh yeah no all of us bees bees riding cars because we can't breathe outside. <laughs> Every, it 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 all ties together.
0: All right. Uh, any other final thoughts on kiss or not kiss Kiss Game, <laughs> Any nice any last words on the nice guys? I just really
2: liked it. I, I enjoyed this movie a lot.
0: Right. The, the
2: nice guys was a nice movie.
0: Aww, yeah. cute. <laughs> Brian, any other thoughts on this movie?
2: And it's a it's a sad day when a good porn star dies.
0: uh yeah i definitely recommend this movie uh right now it's on hbo uh so if you're we actually held off on doing this until it was on hbo uh so if you have an hbo subscription on amazon or a free trial going on right now i don't know what's going on um you can definitely check this out on hbo you can rent it on amazon or wherever you rent your movies um I think that about does it for this week. Tune in next week where Ryan has us watch something. Ryan, what are you going to have us watch?
2: Oh, I got to talk to you guys about it because it's one of two well, films.
0: That's why I'm asking you do now. It.
2: Okay, so I'm going to do one little thing first. I'm I'm going to give you the cast to the one film. Okay. Oh boy.
0: Ooh, let's play a game. Let's see if I can guess what the movie is by the by the cast.
2: Okay. There we go. I think I got it. Now here we go. Ah, uh, stupid Google! It flipped it on me before uh, as 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 I was going for the. Are you
1: going for the tap? I hate
2: that. Where like an ad
1: yeah. pops up and then it like it moves just enough. You click on the wrong link. mm Mhm. Twenty twenty, what are you doing to me?
2: Okay. And I'm going to give these names out of order just so it doesn't like.
0: Devin, that's the understatement of yeah, the year. That's twenty twenty. What are you doing to me? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: Okay, so we've got uh, uh, Kurt Wood Smith, okay, Richard Jenkins, Bill Hader,
1: mm.
2: um, do, 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 uh, Michael Pena, Ken Wong, pronounce his name right? Yeah,
1: what movie is this? Yeah.
2: uh, Paul Giamatti. Ryan Reynolds. Two, 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 two. Louis Guzman. Guzman.
0: Luis Guzman, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Luis Guzman. Uh, two, 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 two. Um, Michelle uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Okay. Uh,
1: Alright, I think I know what it is, and I'm gonna wait to see if Alan gets it.
2: And I'm uh, Alan. Do you have any picks? Because I have two more uh, 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 voice people to give, um, but they're kind of big names, so I don't want to do that. Yet. So it is
0: an animated movie. It, it is an animated movie. Uh, give me one more of the names. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I might be wrong, by the way. I have no idea. Did you give me did you give the names in a random order? Yes, I did. Oh, okay.
2: Son of a What's bitch. the last name? <laughs> the what? What's the last name you're oh, gonna the, say? The last name. Samuel L. Jackson. Do I not actually know this movie? This movie was slept on a lot of people, and it is one of my favorite films that have to do with the genre of the storyline. Okay, I think I know what it is. Uh, I don't know. Okay, everybody, right. tune in next week. while where I have Alan and Devin watch the movie Turbo.
0: Girls, uh. right? <laughs>
2: oh, I can't wait! Jesus.
0: Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on a second, Ryan. I have a deal for you. Okay. Instead of doing one episode where we talk about a DreamWorks movie, let's do an episode where we talk about three DreamWorks movies. So I feel like between the three of us, we each have one that we want the others to see. So if you're gonna yes. make, if you're gonna have us watch Turbo, <laughs> I'm gonna have you watch The Boss Baby. Okay, okay. Devin, do you, Devin, do you have one? Do you have one in the chamber?
1: I think I got one. All right, have have, have you both seen Mega Mind?
0: I love Mega Mind.
1: I have not. Oh yes! All right, it's Mega Mind.
0: <laughs> okay, so this is what we're gonna do. Since it's since. We're all quarantined. We got nothing better to do. We're gonna do a supersized episode where we're gonna talk about three different DreamWorks animation movies and com- compare them all to like every other animated movie that we've talked about. Because I don't think we've talked about a DreamWorks animated film on this podcast yet. No, I don't, don't I don't think, think we have. So. We've done a lot of Pixar, but we haven't yeah. done any DreamWorks. All so right, hey, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do. We're gonna do a supersized episode talking about all three DreamWorks movies that we're gonna watch. So, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast, uh, wherever you listen to us, go ahead and leave a review, uh, rate the podcast for us. It helps out a lot. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at you have to watch this podcast. If you have a comment for why you think we should not be doing turbo next week, go ahead and email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. I kid. I'm excited. I've heard good things about it. Um, Good. But for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan.
2: I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin.
0: And we'll see you next week. For the birds.